The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, co-founder of the Community Cloth Program, Roxanne Paiva, and her mom, Janet, share their passion for helping people who are often overlooked. They heal, they reconnect, you know, they've survived, they've endured political persecution, ethnic persecution, war, you know, so much that they've endured and now they're in this new community and there's a lot of barriers against them. You know, we want to see them not just survive but thrive and so I think, you know, if we unite together we can really truly help. Thank you. You're, you're kind. We appreciate it. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to Life Today. Recently, we had the opportunity of visiting with some of our friends who have been led to the outreaches of life, Life Today television, but perhaps more than anything, the effective outreaches of life where we're actually making a difference in people's lives. Well, when somebody expresses their appreciation, and they want you to know they're praying for and support you, you have a tendency to say, well, what's on your heart? And we found out that here is a, a woman who's blessed with a wonderful business, but she's a widow. She lost her husband. And, and she had a problem with alcohol. She was an alcoholic. But she experienced a miracle. And really the situation actually led to significant things that perhaps with the loss of her husband might have been tough to go on. Her daughter is just the most wonderful, mission-minded young woman, just caring about people and loving people. Uh, Janet McCauley and Roxanne Piva are here, mother and daughter. Janet and Roxanne, would you welcome them to life today? We're glad to see you ladies. The last time we were together, we were sitting at Cotton Patch, and we really had a good time, didn't we? We did. Have you ever noticed how cute her smile is? <laughs> I just I, I she, that yeah, she yeah. just, she stop. just kind of, yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah, stop, come on, pour it off. All right, we, we really enjoyed our time together, and there was no question, Janet, that you liked what you see the Lord doing through Life Outreach, and yes, you appreciate right. our guests, mm -hmm. the television ministry, and you've been very supportive. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> Your journey... You are a widow. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that there is, because I, I know there are many widows, and I've seen what the Old New Testament says about it, I sometimes wonder, are we doing as much as we might do for widows? Do you believe there's a real place for the church to reach out really effectively to widows, and do you believe that need is a reality? I absolutely do. Um, there, again, widow covers a big area. The younger widows, some of them have young children, and they're uncovered. And I believe as an, uh, an older matriarch that I should be offering some kind of help or encouragement and sowing seeds. Some of them are military widows now. Absolutely. And we have a lot yeah. of them. So you think that should be a focused need. I do. And you indicated you'd be more than happy to try to help and impart. You have a mentoring program, don't you, to try to just help people? And that's something that you try to do to be a blessing? It's not a program, but I always have someone staying at my house, nieces, nephews. It's not a program. It's just your lifestyle. Right, right. One-on-one, just... Mentoring. Exactly. Right? People come stay at my house. Oh, and that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah. And does Roxanne bring some of those people that need help ever? <laughs> no, I just get to hang out with them and watch her do her work. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so you think mom's pretty amazing? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Well, mama said she had an alcoholic problem. Did you notice that? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was um, it was pretty significant. It had a big impact on the whole family. But I can tell you that because of that, that broke our family, and then God brought our whole family back together stronger than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. Their marriage came back together stronger than it has ever was. And you know, she just—it's it, an example. We were able to all get individual healing as well as collective healing. You know, you indicated in when we were visiting that it was kind of a a real miraculous deliverance. Can you share with you what happened to set you free from something that that obviously held you in, in a grip? I had uh, the burning bush. The the day I woke up after my last drink, I, it was God showed me in a twinkling of an eye that he loved me. And I knew that I knew that I knew that he loved me. And he showed me that throughout the day. And I've never looked back since that one time. That one touch, that one bit of love was enough to change everything. Was, you, me, was there anything particular that was going on or not going on that caused you to get into the, the drinking or, or to I, kind of feel a void or something? No, not necessarily. It was uh, uh, before I knew it, I was trapped and I was insane. And I was beyond human aid. So only God could have changed that. Do you think that the miracle came because maybe some people within the family are looking at the situation really lifted you up in prayer? How do you explain the encounter? Do you think something contributed to it like someone else's love and interest? I'm sure. I'm sure. My, my family was, well, they were destitute, but they still love me. Did you see the dramatic change, Roxanne? Oh, yeah. I mean, she almost got better before we did. So, you know, and that's an encouragement to family uh, members and loved ones of anybody who's facing addiction. You know, she was lucky enough to get healing so quickly that it took us a while. So we had to work our own program. You know, we had to go to Al-Anon. We had to go to our own counseling. In a way, she almost was helping us <laughs> come back together again. But um, I think through her love of God and her walk through the program and through working with her sponsor and working with, you know, working together with God and being so committed that she brought us back together. And, you know, God did that for us. You know, when we were together, I commented on the beautiful, obvious relationship that I see between the two of you, the great love and appreciation and genuine interest in what the other person may have as a vision or an insight and really wanting to help one another. And I think that's encouraging. When you and I were talking, Janet, uh, I talked about the uh, heart to reach out to anyone that says, I, I'm not, I don't want to be overlooked, I need help. Mm -hmm. And I have said, uh, you know, when I talk to you about something, we see a need that your heart leaps to meet it. But a lot of times, and I've told you this over and over, we may have a major project and an outreach that we know is effective and necessary. And we'll have a wonderful response for people to say, I want to, I want to meet that need. I want to be that person's miracle. I want to be their answer to prayer. But while, let's say if we get 1,400, 1,800 calls during that day, and there'll be people, maybe several hundred, that say we want to help those people. But there's always at least 80% of all those calls, somebody's saying, help me. And I want you to know, you're not overlooked. And if, if you think that we're just wanting to point to somebody else's need on the other side of the world, and we're not thinking about you, no, the major emphasis and the investment of all of Life Outreach is in you as a viewer and the people you love and care about and that you want to see get help. 
So I want to know, because we talked about, and you said you'd be willing to help. Sheila Walsh is with us now, and Sheila Walsh is really excited about it because she just loves to, she spoke to all these women of faith, you know, a couple of million women. Many of them were widows, many of them were hurting, but to get them in a setting of themselves. And you agreed that maybe just doing something for widows would be important, and Sheila Walsh said, I want to help. So here's what I need you to do. There on the screen, there's a, a contact point. I believe it's an email. Am I right about that? There you see the email. If you're a widow, or you know a widow that you maybe you're ministering to, and you say, James, if you could do something for a couple of days and just love these people or love us, we need help. I mean, you know, you and Betty, we're, we rejoice with you, but I'm a widow. And I really do need somebody to hold me. And I know God's holding me, but sometimes I kind of like to know I can tell people care. Somebody notices. So if you're interested in such an event, then we need you to contact that, that email and say, I'm very much interested in it for myself. I need it. Or I know someone who does. Matter of fact, I'd even bring them. I, I want them there. So let us know. You're reaching out to refugees and people that have moved in here or they've come from another country and they need to get Actually, why in the world did you get interested in that? I mean, these people come over here, desperation. Why did you even notice? I mean, you know, your mom's doing well. She's not an alcoholic anymore. You're doing <laughs> fine. How did you get to focusing on these people? Because I could tell your heart was on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we grew up in Detroit, um, and so I, I just, I had that sense of adventure. I wanted to go out and explore the world, and I wanted to do it up by myself. And, you know, um, to be immersed in communities at a deeper level, and I think when you're by yourself, you can, almost can do that a lot easier, right? You can you can make friends, you can see people, meet people where they're at. And I was just so touched by, um, you know, that level of poverty that I never experienced and the level of social injustice. And so I just, it, it, it became a burning desire of how could I help? And I don't know what. And so I wanted to wait for the right time and the right season to do something because um, I know that I don't know what's best for a community, right? Mm -hmm. But you started doing what? Reaching out to them? Yeah. So um, as the years went by, I recognized that these local leaders, right, are the strongest ones in their communities. They know what's best for their community. They can tell you a need. They can tell you what a budget, a timeline, the outcomes. Um, so I wanted to help internationally. And then I find out all these refugees live right here in Houston. So Houston, not here, but yeah, right. <laughs> there in Houston. Houston is the number when one. When you get through taking care of me in Houston, you come up here and take care of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly it. You know, to find out Houston's the number one resettlement city in the United States for refugees, and they live 15 minutes away. Wow. Why can't we get involved? And you did. Mm -hmm. And what are you watching that's gratifying and encouraging to you? So we started the Community Cloth in 2009 pretty much because of the refugee women. They are already artisans. They're makers. They already have these talents and these skills. They weave. They knit. They crochet. They make jewelry. And they pretty much came to us and said, we want an opportunity to take our products to market. And we don't need a handout. We just need access to resources. Mm. And you help that happen? Mm hmm Is there any way others, uh, you have a website or anything, if people want to know what you're doing? And maybe they're in the Houston area and they say, you know what, I bear witness with Roxanne, what's on her heart. Mm -hmm. Can we support it some way? Can yeah. we be involved in some way that's meaningful? How would they communicate if they wanted to help in any way? I don't care if it's monetarily or manpower or giving some time. How would they find out how they could be involved? 
my favorite question, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the website, thecommunitycloth.org. Um, come and... Community cloth. Community now, what cloth. do you mean? What are you implying by it? Something woven together, pulled together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all yeah. part of the same fabric, right? I yeah. mean, we're stronger when we're united. Just as we, you know, as you put together the... This, as you weave the scarves and we're weaving this new life for the refugees, right? It's, it's not a scary thing. A lot of these families have experienced 18 years of refugee camps before being um, resettled here in the United States. And, you know, there's so much need. You know, there's refugees in all the communities. And we really welcome people to come to our website to learn about it, to help invest in us financially to shop the product, the proceeds go directly to the artisans and the program. Um, help us build this program because we want to take this and replicate this to other communities. So what you're, I, I feel like I hear you saying you're trying to teach them how to adjust to the new culture mm -hmm. and to know how to be successful and the women especially to, to be courageous and, and to have courage because they've kind of been all their lives kind of back in the, That's right. the corner, you know, not be out out front or anything, but to how they can be successful. That's right. And and to really just kind of mingle in. I love the the cloth example. I remember when my grandmother, when I was small, my grandmother had the quilt and frame, and her friends would come in, they'd lower the quilting frame, and they'd bring all their different oh, patterns, and, you know. It. And so that I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. You're making a beautiful, they were making a beautiful quilt, and there were so many different patterns and colors and, and, and designs, you know, and the, and the community participation, that's you know. That's right, yeah. So I think that's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, it's about the women that get together. They, they, they heal, they reconnect, you know, they've survived, they've endured political persecution, ethnic persecution, war, you know, so much that they've endured, and now they're in this new community, and there's a lot of barriers against them, you know, especially the women, you know, we talk about language, education, transportation, and healthcare. This is, they, by getting together and weaving, they're making that, those friends, right? That's one of the biggest takeaways they say is, I didn't know so many people cared, I made new friends. Some of the women, this is the first time they've earned income in their lives. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's something they're so proud of. One of our artisans says, I buy, you know, my own clothes now, <laughs> you know, and I buy things for my household. And some of the women, this is, this is, pretty much helping to keep the lights on and in the apartment. And I see you not only weaving a product, but I see you weaving relationships. The, the, the love you have for them, they can see it. And the other people who participate, and I have an idea, they begin to encourage one another. Uh, the website again? Thecommunitycloth.org. All right, and that's in the Houston area. If somebody mm -hmm. outside Houston said, we got a refugee problem, mm -hmm. could they get some insight from you in some way? Could yeah. you answer questions maybe if they have them? That's right. I mean, it would be so wonderful for um, people to contact us um, and find out, talk to us and find out, you know, we'd love to replicate this program in other communities. We've identified a program that works where the women are earning that supplemental income. They are learning the language skills, making new friends. And, you know, we want to see them not just survive, but thrive. And so I think, you know, if we unite together, we can really truly help this population. Mom, are you proud of this girl? I absolutely. <laughs> are you, are you kidding, kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. You know, you go to Lakewood Church. Lakewood Church, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. <laughs> but if you're ever in Houston, we welcome you to come visit with us. It'll make you feel right at home, <laughs> Joel. And what did I do after I talked to you? I said, I'm going to tell Joel. Now I tell Joel? Yeah. And he sent a family member to find out because Joel loves people. And uh, I just uh, am grateful. He was glad to hear about it. And I pray that 
Lakewood Church and people around will find ways to be involved with this outreach that's actually a part of your church family, but also just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then with the widows, let me mention it again. If we hear from you that there's a longing in your heart to just come and spend time with people that identify with where you are, you know, Betty and I lost a child. You have to wonder. I talked to the young man the other night at Greg Laurie Crusade. He's a pastor. His little three-year-old daughter died in his arms of asthma. He stood by us and said, we lost our little girl right at the same time you lost your youngest daughter. What's on your heart? Your heart may just be heavy. You see that phone number there? It's an 800 number. Who pays for it? Love does. Somebody says, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you've got a dime. But that number is there for you to call and say, pray with me. So we love you. Somebody's waiting to pray with you. Would you all say thanks to Janet and Roxanne for their witness and their journey in the Lord? And you know, Roxanne, you, you and your mom have said, we love what you do. Janet, you said, I love to help you do what you do. And God's given me a chance to help. You know, when we talk about a, drilling a water well, you, you say, I like that. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And you've been able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, there are a lot of you watching who might say, Jesus talked about the importance of giving a cup of water. I can do that. Some of you say, I can give a well of water, or you say, I can give a whole well of water by joining with other people. But we got to do it together. Everything we do, Betty, we do together. I want you to, now listen to me, because the first inclination is, okay, I heard somebody said, I'm calling for help and prayer. But wait a minute. Somebody's praying. Somebody's hurting. They hope God hears them. And if he does, how's he going to do anything about it? You're his hands. You're the one who expresses his will in his heart. You're the one who accomplishes his purpose. Now, now watch, listen, see if you don't want to be the miracle that's hoped for. Burundi, a forgotten land, a forgotten people. But don't be deceived by its beauty because the same source of life for Burundi's lush landscape is a poison for its people. And too often, the victims of waterborne illnesses are the most innocent and vulnerable. We arrived too late to save Julian's baby. And with contaminated drinking water still a factor for her community, it's only a matter of time before tragedy strikes again. 
She said, I'm praying. I'm concerned, I'm worried about my children. Why wouldn't she be? I, I want you just to look at her. I want you to look at that, look at that precious woman. She's praying. She's got a broken heart. Would you like to heal her heart, her broken heart? Would you like to care for those little ones, that concern that she's expressed for those beautiful, look at them. Would you like to be the miracle for those two little ones and so many others? What goes on, Betty, when you see that beautiful woman? Well, because we do understand the loss you know, losing a child of our own, and she's lost her, her little girl that she so loves. And she's hurting, and she's desperate yet at the same time, and she's worried. Why? Because her other children, some are already having some signs and effects from the disease water, and it just breaks my heart as I hear the, the cry of her heart for somebody to reach out and to help. She's asking God to send some way, someone, to reach out and make a difference and save her children. And that's where we come in. And I'm, I'm so excited every time I hear we have an opportunity to drill a water well, because you know why? That is lasting. That is gonna be clean water, pure water for her children and many other. And I, we've been over there when the water well comes through and the children are dancing around in the water and they're playing like little children should be able to play. And we've also seen it when we haven't gotten there in time and the, and the disease takes over and takes the life of a little child. So please join with us. Let's reach out and let's drill these water wells so that they can be a lasting good water source for them. You know, I want to, if I could speak her language, just say God heard your prayer. And uh, we heard it. And we care. And I believe you heard it. And I believe you saw not only that mom and those two little children, but the hundreds of children in that area that are drinking the contaminated water. All those beautiful crops, you know, you use animal waste to actually enhance crop growth, but contaminated water that can grow crops kills people. So we need clean water. And Jesus is the water of life. And we share water for life because of the water of life. And we tell those people the source of that love and they find Christ. Lifetoday.org, online. Would you go there? Would you take your bank card and make the largest love gift you can? Or you can dial the phone number where people are calling for prayer. You can call to be an answer to prayer. I want you to give the largest gift you possibly can, knowing this, the wells cost an average of $4,800. If you can give $4,800, I believe you will. Sometimes we get a note saying, I'm drilling two wells. God's blessed me. I can do it. I want to do it. Whatever you can do, do it. You may be able to say, James, I can't do that, but I could give 1,200 and pray three people join me or 2,400 and pray one joins me. I believe God will answer that prayer while you're being an answer to prayer. But here's where most of the resources come from. Don't miss this. $48 gives 10 people water for the rest of their life. That's an average. 144 will give 30 people water for life. Robert Morris, our pastor, has written a book on hearing God. He says that's the question 
he's most often asked. He wants to help you, and believe me, he can. And you can hear God. Let him help you do it. We want to send gifts to say thank you for giving life. Lifetoday.org or dial the number, your bank card, use like a check, please, right now. Make the largest gift God enables you to make and become an answer to prayers just like that mother needed answered now. You become the answer. Thank you. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help establish and drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you Pastor Robert Morris' new book, Frequency. As you read, you'll discover how to hear God's voice, receive direction for your life, and experience a deeper connection with God. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hearing God Daily Journal and Scripture Pen, a wonderful way to record what God is impressing on your heart and a beautiful keepsake for your daily prayer time. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and you may request our beautiful Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Today we're here in Burundi and I was just inside this hut listening to a story from a mother. Ms. Zibon Zuri lost two children who have died because of drinking contaminated water. And when you hear of two children dying from unclean water, that's literally two too many. These kids are alive, but they're still vulnerable to that contaminated water that killed the other two precious children. How do we give these children a cup of clean water? By coming in here in this village and drilling a deep well that will last a lifetime. Please go to your phones, go online and give that generous gift today. Your gift will not only help their lives today, but help them for a lifetime. With Hearing God, here is a beautiful journal. I tell you what, it is really, really nice and a beautiful Names of Jesus pen are the fruit of the Spirit and the blessings of God, Bible thoughts, to help you in your walk and in the beautiful bronze majesty. Whatever you can do, I know you're going to do it, and we thank you. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to our wonderful guests, to Janet and Roxanne. Bless both of you on your journey. And if you are a widow or no one, you say, I'd like to see special ministry forms, contact that email address to let us know your heart. Thanks for watching. Thank all of you for being with us.
tomorrow. There is a threat on my life because if you leave Islam, the threat is death. Rifka Berry is hiding in the light. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.